Life Audio. Welcome to Christian Natural Health with naturopathic Dr. Lauren DeVille. Christian Natural Health is the podcast on how to get and stay healthy God's way. You'll hear topics on nutrition, exercise, sleep, avoiding toxicity, meditating on scripture, what supplements to take, stress management, defeating anxiety and worry, how to reconcile Eastern medicine approaches with Christianity, and a whole lot more. Now, here's your host, Dr. Lauren. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Welcome back to another episode of Christian Natural Health. Today I'm going to be talking about salt and its relationship to your blood pressure. It's been considered conventional wisdom for decades that sodium, half of table salt, which is sodium chloride, raises blood pressure. All else being equal, water does generally follow sodium in order to maintain osmotic balance, keeping concentrations of solutes in one body compartment similar to those in another. But is it really this simple inside our bodies? The answer is not usually, or at least not always. The reason is because the body needs adequate sodium for many physiologic processes, and it has a complicated system for hanging on to it when the intake is low. The system involves several hormones, renin, released in response to low blood volume, which then activates angiotensin II, which both causes blood vessels to constrict and also releases, uh, triggers the release of aldosterone and antidiuretic hormone, ADH. The former retains salt while excreting sodium, while the latter maintains fluid volume generally. Like most systems in the body, there are buffers and feedback mechanisms, checks and balances to keep everything in homeostasis or balance. What this means is, even though metabolic panels, the CMP, will check sodium and chloride, you can't necessarily conclude that you're getting just the right amount of salt just because your levels are in range. That just means the system is working, but it's possible it might have to work really hard in order to keep that balance. All that extra work comes with a cost. Some people are considered salt-sensitive relative to the rest of the population. These people are those whose blood pressure rises at least 5 millimeters of mercury with higher salt intake. Those whose blood pressure rises less than 5 millimeters of mercury with higher salt intake are considered salt-resistant. Then there are some people who have a paradoxical reaction and their blood pressure falls in response to salt. There's always at least someone who has an opposite reaction to everything I've found. Notice, though, these blood pressure changes aren't huge either way. In one study, only 18.4% of study participants are considered salt sensitive while 81.6% are either salt resistant or have a paradoxical reaction. In another study, meanwhile, salt restriction had no significant effect on blood pressure at all. Another study shows that reduced sodium intake led only to a slight reduction in blood pressure, but renin and aldosterone levels went up more than threefold, proportional to the degree of sodium restriction. Another study likewise showed that renin and aldosterone rise proportional to sodium restriction. This is a problem because aldosterone increases arterial stiffness, as does renin. 
Perhaps because of the effects of renin and aldosterone, at least in part, salt restriction has been associated with increased cardiovascular morbidity and mortality, including heart attack risk. This is particularly true in those without hypertension, though it is true within those with hypertension as well. The increased risk may also be because in addition to the renin and aldosterone effects, low sodium intake triggers increased levels of norepinephrine, which is a precursor to epinephrine or adrenaline, the primary neurotransmitter associated with the sympathetic fight-or-flight nervous system, and it also tends to spike insulin. Insulin resistance is, of course, part of the metabolic syndrome picture, which includes obesity, hypertension, eventual diabetes, and heart disease risk due to elevated glucose. So what's the alternative? According to Dr. James DiNicolatanio, I'm not sure if I pronounced that right, um, he's the author of The Salt Fix. He says, across the globe, when no restrictions are applied, people consistently consume between three and six grams of salt per day. The healthy set point for most seems to fall in that range, in contrast to the RDA recommendation of 2,300 milligrams per day for healthy individuals, or even 1,500 milligrams per day for those with, with hypertension. One study indeed shows that those who consume between three and six grams per day or around one to three teaspoons per day, had a lower overall risk of cardiovascular events. One caveat here, highly processed foods, which is nearly anything boxed, bagged, canned, or in a wrapper, tend to be quite high in sodium. For those who are salt sensitive, it would be best to avoid these, but then highly processed foods full of fake chemicals and lots of sugar are terrible for everyone. Instead, choose whole unprocessed foods with half your plate veggies every meal and liberally use iodized sea salt or Himalayan salt to taste at every meal. And if you drink water stripped of minerals or if you sweat heavily, you'll likely need to add even more. Okay, so I will link in the show notes to the blog review this comes from, which has all the studies linked. Thanks for joining me and I'll see you next week. Are you looking for a holistically minded healthcare practitioner who truly treats root cause rather than symptom suppression? Unfortunately, even in the alternative healing professions, this isn't a given. That's why I've created wholehealthdoctor.com, a resource to help connect patients to healthcare practitioners in their area who share a root cause philosophy. Alternatively, most of the practitioners listed also practice telehealth. So if there isn't anyone local to you, you can still find a great practitioner to help you regain optimal health. Go to wholehealthdoctor.com. That's whole healthdr.com, type in your location or just the specialty that you're looking for and find the practitioner who's right for you. Thanks for listening to Christian Natural Health. This show is run by you. So please write in with topic and guest suggestions for future shows. For more great content, subscribe to Dr. Lauren's blog at www.drlaurendeville.com or follow her on Facebook or Twitter at Dr. Lauren DeVille. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to share it with your friends and give us a five-star rating in iTunes. It really helps us to stand out so other people can discover great content as well. Have a great week and God bless you. Hey there, it's Nicole Eunice from the How to Study the Bible podcast, and I'd love to invite you to join us as we weekly discover a passage of God's Word together. From beginning to end, from principles to practicals, we are here to make sure that God's Word is powerful and relevant to your life. If that sounds like something you're looking for, I would love to invite you to subscribe. You can go to lifeaudio.com and search How to Study the Bible, and we'll see you there.